Before we get started on today's Mortcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines. Located basically halfway down the dairy block between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in Lodo. Um, dairy block is basically where milk, it's adjacent to milk market. Um, a lot of great uh, shops went up in the dairy block uh, that opened up midway through 2018. And Blanchard is one of them. And uh, if, you li- if you're like me and you like wine and uh, you appreciate uh, those who make their own and have their own vineyards, uh, check out Blanchard Family Lines. They have a, what I would describe as a wine-tasting, uh, wine-consuming room that uh, you can get uh, charcuterie, uh, which is basically a meat uh, plate or meat and cheese plate that you can pair with your wine. Uh, it is some of the, it's one of the best atmospheres in Denver. Uh, I was there uh, last week, enjoyed my time there thoroughly. Uh, we, you know, they talk to the waiters or waitresses, they can find the right wine to pair with whatever you decide to get as far as the charcuterie goes, or you can just enjoy some wine. They have flights that you can enjoy many different samples of the wine. It's just, it's all in all, it's just a great experience and a great atmosphere. Uh, They have their own vineyards located in the Russian River Valley in California. Uh, Some great Pinot and some uh, Cabernet blends. So I would seriously check them out. Uh, They are once again located in the Derrick Block. Uh, half, uh, halfway between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in the lower downtown Denver. Check them out. Tell them Jeff Morton sent you. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest Mortcast here on the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, this, this, today's episode is going to be uh, one that has I, I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's been bugging bugging the crap out of me lately, and I think I need to address what I believe was something that is left over from the Nuggets playoff run uh, this year. Uh, The Denver Nuggets, this was their first playoff run since 2013, and before that, they all had it. In fact, up until 2013, uh, that was 10 straight playoff appearances. Most of them featuring George Carl, and uh, I think the six-year gap in uh, playoff appearances kind of—I think it affected the way the Nuggets approach their in-game entertainment, specifically Cronky Sports and entertainment, and the way they approach things. Um, there were of the—I would say—of the things I heard coming out of this playoff run. Everything, you know, you go down the list, most of it's about the Nuggets, but one of the top things that has been said is that they thought the in-game atmosphere was pretty bad. And it contributed, I think, to the lack, semi-lackluster crowds that we had. Not, not that they were bad. Game 2 against Portland was pretty bad. But... There, there was a, it, it's this different kind of approach. And, and I think the Nuggets, specifically KSE, is going to have to adjust their approach to in-game atmosphere and in-game entertainment. To give you some background, and this is my own view of it, uh, Pepsi Center is 20 years old. 
uh, as of this summer. Uh, and obviously it's hard for me to believe if someone who's in his uh, 40s that the Pepsi Center is uh, 20 years old. I grew up with McNichol Sports Arena, and uh, it's just Pepsi Center is still the new arena to me. Um, and keep in mind, Pepsi Center, excuse me, McNichols was uh, demolished after 24 seasons. That's it. 24 years. And... Uh, <laughs> When you, it's pretty stark when you think about it. And one of the things they did when they built Pepsi Center was you have to consider the time it was being built and designed. And from what I understand, it was redesigned several times before they finally got it out there. Um, the Denver Nuggets, when they built the arena, were one of the worst teams in basketball. Uh, in fact, when they started the process of building it in lower... Uh, in the uh, on the old near the old Tivoli area on the Auraria campus, uh, when they started building it, the Nuggets were one of the worst teams in basketball, um, if not the worst. Um, I believe the '98 season, the Nuggets '97-'98 uh, season, the Nuggets won 11 games. Meanwhile, the Colorado Avalanche were a perennial playoff team that had won a Stanley Cup in 1996. And therefore, that influenced the people, the good people of Ascent, to favor hockey when they built the arena. The sight lines are very favorable to hockey. Uh, the depth and height of the arena is very favorable to hockey. Um, think of looking over glass. Like if you're up in the, you know, up in the 300s in uh, Pepsi Center you're going to want to be able to have a good sight line. And there's only 18,000 roughly uh, seats for, uh, bat, excuse me, for uh, um, hockey, which is only well, about 1,600 more than it was for hockey when McNichols was around. Um, but what happened was the arena was made for hockey, and basketball was secondary. It's serviceable for basketball, but it's so big when you add all the seats for uh, the basketball arena. It goes from 18,000 for uh, hockey to almost 20,000 for uh, in fact, there are a couple times last year where the Nuggets exceeded 20,000 uh, with standing room only. And those are, of course, Lakers games and Warriors games and those when you can get all the casuals who are just there for, you know, uh, to see the opposing team. But one of the biggest problems the Nuggets have had is when you get the arena full, you need to keep everyone engaged. And unfortunately for the Denver Nuggets, um, there hasn't been much to keep the fans engaged for the last six years because they haven't been good. And ginning up that excitement has been a major effort for those involved in the arena. And what had happened is it went from a fairly, I don't know, I'd describe it as typical arena experience in uh, 2000, all the way up from 2003 to 2013 to artificially trying to gin up excitement. And one of the biggest complaints I heard, and this was actually, weirdly enough, this was after the Nuggets went up 3-2, and they won game five. I, I always, one of these things, I sometimes take a walk on the concourse, and I, 
I'll stop people and talk to them what they think about the in-game experience and stuff like that. And to a T, they all said, why are they shouting at us? Which was a, which was something that I guess if you are used to, for the last six seasons, a mostly empty arena, you don't, you don't understand that you get used to it. You get used to the volume of the PA announcer. You get used to the volume of the people who are doing the in-game stuff. Um, there were times, and I did notice this. I made this comment to people on Pestro. There were times where I had to cover my ears, and it wasn't for the crowd volume. It was for the PA. It was so piercingly loud that it was hard to appreciate things. Another comment that I got was that they tried, or there was many times organically, crowd crowd chants would begin, uh, or uh, there would be some aurora building, and it would be cut off by someone on the PA, or uh, maybe even something else interfering with what the crowd was trying to do, and it would kill all the excitement. There's a lot of things the Nuggets have done, and considering that they have to try to gin up excitement, that well, they've had to try to gin up excitement the last six years, um, it, it's a hard habit to break. It's a hard habit to break. Add in the fact that really Denver, the peak real, if you really want to go for what is the right size of arena, it's about what the avalanche seat. It's about eighteen grand, eighteen grand, eighteen thousand. It's about eighteen thousand. Uh, roughly, that is where both hockey and basketball are. And the Nuggets were having trouble selling out all of the games. And it was, I think, it's largely because the market, I don't think, will sustain twenty thousand seats. Uh, specifically when you've got two teams in the playoff at the same time. Uh, I don't think there's much crossover between the Nuggets and the Avalanche in terms of fans. Uh, whatever crossover there is, it's pretty minuscule. If those, and I'll put it to you this way, those who are inclined to go to Avalanche games are, will largely not be inclined to go to Nuggets games and vice versa. It is pretty separate. However, there is what the market will bear, and the Nuggets basically, the arena does the Nuggets no favors with being so big. It won't sound any different, as proven by Avalanche Games, between 18,000 and on nearly 20,000. No difference at all. There's a point where you've reached noise saturation, (laughs) okay? And and Pepsi Center is not not as loud as McNichols was, uh, and that could be largely due to acoustics uh, and the way the arena is built. Uh, largely better built buildings tend to not have the uh, structural vibration that older buildings did because they were made worse, quite frankly. Um, but the Nuggets can help by themselves, and I think where I'm going to go with this is I'm going to give some advice on how the Nuggets can help, or specifically KSC. And, and the, the Nuggets have enough to deal with without you know, having to think of how to gin up in-game entertainment. But how KSC, their corporate owner, can help is by not trying so hard. Um, 
I, I think if they just treated things more naturally, it wouldn't come across as badly as it does in the arena. It's almost a desperation to get that noise going. And what it does is it just ends up turning people off, specifically people who are there to know when to cheer, right? They know when to cheer. You don't have, they're not idiots. They know when to cheer. They know how to do this. Um, even if you're a novice basketball fan, you know when to get excited. Okay, you sit there on your couch at home, you know that you don't need someone telling you when to cheer. Um, there was, I, I think, my, my big complaint lately, even going back to the later George Carl years, and I think a lot of this has to do with the advent of technology, certain technology, is that people will get into the arena and just look at their phones. And they don't, but the Nuggets rarely, rarely, outside of when George Carl came back, and as opposed to this year, didn't give people really a reason to pay attention. So now that they're paying attention, don't treat them like they're idiots. Let them cheer. Um, also, stop the shouting. I, I, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. Um, if you have people who have been there for the last, well, in my case, eight years, eight, nine years, attending these games, you don't need to, to shout. Uh, it's, it's not something that is going to increase the volume of the way they cheer, right? Um, if you notice other arenas, they just don't have the, the, the insisting upon itself problem that the Nuggets do. But part of this also is that, I mean, this was a discussion uh, at Press Row, and I don't know if there was a consensus on it, but I do agree with some others when they say that just the way things come across, it comes across corporate. It comes across extremely corporate, and it comes across really disingenuous. The Nuggets have the hardest time being natural, and I, I, the players, it, they have a hard time tapping into what the players are. The jokes with Joker thing was stupid. Uh, they did that for a couple of years. They, it's just let the organic nature of what this team is define how you approach the in-game entertainment, or in how you uh, deal with the crowd that's in there. Don't make things worse. Um, there was a game two versus Portland. It was a bad, and I do mean bad vibe, uh, in that building. And I think some of it was compounded by the fact that it was so deafening in there. And people were shouting anyway. And it wasn't crowd noise deafening. It was PA. It was the music. It was, it was just so much and I think that in heightened the bad mood and really when I say this is that if you go into an arena you don't you don't want to be constantly told that you're at a basketball game you know you're at a basketball game right you know they're you're there watching the nuggets what you need to do is understand that they know this don't treat them like they're children and be more timely, don't shout, uh, be exciting without being excited, be loud without being 
ear drum splitting uh, audio, I can't take it anymore, uh, volume. If you do these things, people will be, okay, When the ones that do come will relax, right? And I hope that there is some way, because the Nuggets games, Nuggets averaged about 18,000 in attendance this year, and that's announced tickets, you know. Obviously, those numbers can be fudged, uh, as we all know. But really, the Nuggets are hitting their saturation point right at about 18,000. If there was a way to, I know this is going to sound counterintuitive, but to reduce capacity uh, for basketball games, I think it would be a much better atmosphere. You know, some of those upper seats are just so far away. Uh, the basketball court's smaller than hockey, and if there was just a way to get, get it to where people are closer, I guess, um, there's not much you can do about the size of the arena, but if you can make, make it a little closer for the fan... Uh, I think that would be even better. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Nuggets can't do. Um, and there's a lot of things that I wish the KSE would do just as to help the Nuggets out, you know, with free agents and stuff, specifically, you know, getting a practice facility and getting a G League team. Um, that's a subject for another day. But there's things that the Nuggets can do to help out the fan. And as I've said repeatedly in this podcast, just, just, Stop trying so hard. Be natural. I know this is your first playoff in six years, and you got used to some probably some negative habits while the Nuggets weren't doing very well, but now it's time to ease back on the throttle and let fans be fans and let them cheer. And I think once the Nuggets understand that and once the Nuggets follow through and do that, things will be that much better. All right, well, thank you all for joining me today. Like I said, be sure and check out Blanchard Family Wines. They are between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in Lodo. I'll be talking to you guys later. See ya.